It's hard to imagine this today, but my grandfather was one of 14 children. Sadly, most of them died young because of poor nutrition as immigrants, exposure to God, to God knows what, in unregulated factories where they worked, and of course, some smoking and drinking, and probably not in that order, if you know what I mean. My aunt, last aunt died, though, in 2014, having outlived my grandfather by almost 40 years. She was too mean to die, I used to say. Her name was Patricia, but her Polish siblings were very fond of nicknames, so they called her Chick, and I have no idea why. So, and Chick lived to be about 94 years old, long enough to dismiss the idea of pretenses, right? Blunt was her middle name toward the end of her life, as she often got real with people. That is, she said exactly what she thought, exactly when she thought it. And it was often kind of scary to be out with her in public. When she moved out of her tiny house behind a factory in Anderson, Indiana, and into the close quarters of assisted living, I seriously expected to get a call that she had a black eye or a fat lip, and she most likely would have deserved it, right? For example, when a woman was wearing by her standards a revealing immodest dress, she said so. When someone had a strange haircut, body piercings, and tattoos, God help us, we would steer her a different way. I never needed a set of scales to reveal any gluttony in my life because she would tell me exactly how many pounds I had gained. Yes, she was an early body shamer, as we say today. And if someone was living in sin in our family, she would call them out under no uncertain terms. Trying to be positive, this side of Aunt Chick made life an adventure, right? Sometimes she was rude and overbearing. But, you know, sometimes, perhaps even many times, she said what others were thinking. In fact, she probably said what all of us should have been saying that stemmed from our calling as Christians baptized in the prophetic ministry of Jesus, albeit a little bit more charitably. What kind? Jesus was that kind of person. He had an absolute disregard for appearances. He didn't care about the esteem of men. He cared about people's souls, and he cared about eternal life. He often shocked people by doing or saying the wrong things by human convention. The Jewish way was to commune with God was very much bound up in the law of Moses. It makes sense. It had been their ideal for centuries, and many had been persecuted and even suffered death rather than to be false to it. But a problem over the many centuries began to develop. That is, the law had become complicated. The Pharisees, a name which meant separated ones, added supplemental laws that stem from oral tradition and ritual customs to support the living out of the law of Moses. And over the years, the Pharisees, perhaps the most zealous supporters of the law, had become rigid and legalistic, most especially about those man-made or created ritual laws that were to support the law of Moses, the law of God. So why all the fuss? Because in, in the interest of preserving these ritual traditions that often only the Pharisees knew about, that were designed to lead people to God, the people were getting hopelessly remote from God. Instead of leading people to God, they were preoccupied by these traditions. 
and things like service to the poor and the downtrodden had become lost. For example, Jesus heals someone on the Sabbath and then tells him to pick up his mat and go home. But it was forbidden to practice or uh, forbidden practice to carry anything on the Sabbath. And it became an outrage. What about celebrating his healing, though? It got lost. Jesus and his disciples are caught walking through a field eating grain on the Sabbath. What was Jesus thinking that was against the law? Except for the fact that the people were hungry. Jesus dines with sinners and prostitutes, acknowledging their humanity, but all of them were unclean, and it was forbidden. And finally, he debunks the idea that ceremonial washings, a customary part of Jewish life, were even necessary. He sees them as a distraction from truly assessing one's interior life. It was what was inside that mattered. Jesus came to the earth as a Jew, so why so angry about his own people? Because the people started to care way more about appearances and social status. They were culturally Jewish, but remote from God. And put simply, these ritual laws compromised their ability to live authentic faith. And worst of all, they even started to become numb to the reality of sin. And they began to admit their duty to others. As we heard in our gospel today, even the poor and the widows. So Jesus pushes back against these false uh, pieties. And at the same time, he warns us that our craving for the good opinions of others can be destructive to our faith as well. We too can become remote from God in our duties to serve his people. And because he loves us and desires our salvation, Jesus was willing to put himself in opposition to those who play games, against the people who cleanse the outside of a cup or a dish that was supposed to reflect internal purity, but no longer did, against the hypocrisy of people who prayed long prayers in public for all to see as they swallowed up the meager belongings of widows and the poor, against the practice of keeping heavy burdens on the poor while not keeping the tenets themselves. Eventually, as we know, Jesus paid the price for that opposition. He made everyone at times feel uncomfortable, and he criticized the fact that they clung to human traditions instead of the ways of the Lord. And he criticized excessive traditions that prohibited true and authentic conversion as well as an authentic relationship with his father. Sometimes we too can give, give in to peer pressure, clinging to appearance instead of God's way. Maybe we know people who are cultural Catholics or cultural Christians, but lack that personal relationship with the God of the universe. Sometimes we are numb to the fact that there is still sin, and they still, those sins have effects. Sometimes we are focused on what people will think, that we ignore what is truly important. So what pretenses and human conventions does Jesus deplore about us in the modern day? How would we be embarrassed by Jesus' speaking of the truth that would send an uncomfortable hush or even anger over the crowds? 
Would it be the Catholic silence, for example, in the face of the disrespect of human life because we don't want to look like fanatics? Well, maybe. Maybe he would criticize our lack sometimes of follow-through after being commissioned at the end of Mass to glorify the Lord by our lives. Would he lash out about our tolerance of sins like he listed in our Gospel today? Would he challenge our passive acceptance of any number of sins? Because, well, everybody's doing it. It must not be wrong, myself included. In the end, Jesus wants us to be happy, which means he wants us to be holy. And in the end, he wants us to love as he loved. And Jesus wants a relationship with each of us. And like my aunt, it seems like he will bulldoze anything that gets in the way.